Yo, neighbors, welcome back to the Strange Neighborhood Podcast. Today, we have the wonderful, consciously created Jen back with us for another great episode. And today, we are talking about a subject very near and dear to both of our hearts, which is um, self-love and the cultivation of a relationship with self. We've both come a long way in this area, so I want to get some insights from Jen about what she does daily to cultivate self-love and to develop that relationship and also what she has done over a long span of time that has brought her to this kind of self-awareness. And in a time right now where it seems to be that there is a war on us and there's so much stacked up against us that is preventing us from finding self-love and um, cultivating self-responsibility and self-awareness. To find that nowadays is really special and it's something we need to share with each other. And if you have healed some deep wounds within yourself and brought um, yourself back home in your body and can appreciate things about you and let go of things that were damaging to self it's good to share it with others because what you give permission for yourself to do you ultimately give permission for the world to do that means that your example is a shining light that can spread out like a contagion of self-love and self-awareness so i want to have the conversation today and share with everybody about growing and learning and learning to appreciate who you are and who you are born to be on a deep level. So come along with us today. There's a lot of tears and a lot of joy and a lot of love in this episode. And I really think it is the best episode that me and Jen have done together. Um, I'm just really proud of this episode and I hope you guys really like it and I hope it speaks to you and uh, can open your heart a little bit towards yourself. If you take anything away from this episode, I hope it's that you are a beautiful expression of divine love just the way you are right now. There's nothing that needs to change. There's nothing you need to live up to. You can love and accept yourself right how you are at this moment. And when you learn to do that, it opens the door to anything and everything you ever wanted in this life. It's like magic. So without further ado, here is episode 57. I hope you guys really love it. Love you all. See you next week.
welcome back to the strange neighborhood podcast today we have consciously created jen with us again and we are talking about self-love and the reason i want to bring jen on the show today is because we both well we met each other at a time where we both had very low self-esteem and self-worth and we've we've both been like working through it really hard for years and um just got to really beautiful places and so I want to talk to her about her journey of self-love and how she got here do you want to say hi to everyone Jen hey (laughs) Um, so we started we became friends because we were doing beach body um we were like in a a group of girls doing beach body which is like a kind of a pyramid scheme but um (laughs) for health (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um it's a, like home fitness programs and then you have like groups where you work together to you know encourage each other and stuff and that's how we met each other I and honestly like think about that now and I'm like I can't believe that both of us were ever like in a group like that like now <laughs> I like can't even imagine like posting all the stuff we used to post like I mean it was good at the time it really did help me but thinking of doing that now I'm like oh that just seems so weird to me honestly because like I'm because of the gym I follow a lot of people that go to our gym your old gym and my gym and um and then just like some of the context of the way that they post just reminds me of that like just seeing people be like uh you I don't know just like talking about food in weird ways and stuff and being like trying to encourage people but in like this weird mindset still themselves like you know this girl I follow who I really like actually and she's come a long way with her confidence but like it's just like a a window back in time for me but she's talking about how she is so proud of herself for wearing shorts the other day and I'm trying to forget about her lumps and bumps and I'm just like it's 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 exhausting for me to think back to the when I thought like that yeah and just be like what who cares what do you care? Who cares? Yeah. Like, but for, and that's so funny because like, I kind of wanted to like, because me now going to a new gym mm-hmm. and not being as fit as I once was and like getting these memories on my fucking Snapchat of all my like gym selfies from 2019, like right before COVID, mm-hmm. right when I was like training like an absolute maniac for Emperor's mm-hmm. Challenge. Like I didn't even realize it at the time but like I was jacked Mm -hmm. and I didn't even like I it's fucked for me to think that I like was ever like like didn't think that about myself in that moment I tell you all the time I'm like your back looks fucking cut like well good look at your quads like I was telling you all the time well and I know and I and I just never believe it I don't know what it 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 was but now that I'm at this new gym and like I don't know anybody there and before I would have been like crippled by anxiety um, yeah and like just like I've been going there working out in my sports bra my workout pants like I was doing at prevail and it's a lot of older ladies there, like boomers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can see them all staring at me constantly. And even when I'm like sitting down, because I have like a lot of skin, because I used to be very large. And like, I feel like they're looking at me. I'm like, I just am at the point where I'm like, I don't even care. Like, but now, because I think you kind of understand the reason they are looking at you and it's like their own 
their own limitations are shining them in the face and so it's uncomfortable for them to be like yeah it's like I'm not gonna sit here wearing a big giant tarp of a t-shirt to cover up my body when I'm dripping in sweat and I'm hot because I think somebody looking at my skin or the way my body looks makes them uncomfortable like I just don't care and that even like on the weekend um I was at my niece's volleyball like beach volleyball tournament and my sister-in-law was saying how like I was like I pretty much have stopped wearing a bra like I just don't care it's more comfortable like if people are offended by seeing my nipples like that's really not my issue like Mm -hmm. it's not my responsibility of how people feel looking at my body whether it's my nipples my skin like what I choose to wear how I have my hair like and this might seem like simple things for most people but like it's taken me a long fucking time to realize this so I think it's not simple for most people I think most people can relate to this (laughs) well my sister-in-law said yeah until you're around my dad and I said I'm not responsible for your dad's reaction to my nipples (laughs) and like my niece (laughs) is sitting there and my other sister-in-law and it just made me think like how much she lives her life like caring what other people think and like feeling so uncomfortable that she's just like doing things that obviously like she wouldn't have said anything if she didn't feel so strongly about it yeah I just what I mean yeah because like the once you're out of the mental trap you can really see the trap yeah people like when you're in it it just feels like that's how life is and that's how your your perception of self is but when you grow and get out of it you're just like wow you are just running loops in your head yeah like (laughs) don't get me wrong like I do go back to that at times yeah definitely like a daily and like some days are better than others like like I just for the most part I'm like I have skin on my stomach that hangs down I've had three kids I've had three cesareans I've technically had five pregnancies like I am not going to sit here hating my body anymore is how I feel like we've been through a lot and I'm like I don't know how to explain it I was trying to explain this to my husband because he's like always thinking like, oh, want to get a little more jacked and I'm going to be so, and I'm just like, I, try. I feel like he, I feel like he does look more jacked. You should tell him that because I tell him all I was, the time. I'm just when like... I was looking at those pictures you posted on, was it a reel or did you post pictures? Uh, yeah. From the car. From the fair. Yeah. I was like, oh, Sean looking jacked. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just never seems to be never enough but like I I was just saying like which I get oh right exactly but I was trying to explain to him like that you got like if try working on appreciating it without having to change anything because um like you've been doing this thing where you are been telling yourself you don't look good enough your whole life and like what has that ever got you what have you got from it that's so valuable that you keep doing it why not just try something different for a bit and see if you get something more valuable from it? That's all I said. I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> and just like picture it. Like for me right now, like my body is not as strong as it was. And um, like, I'm okay with that. It's not like enjoyable really when I'm doing my workouts and stuff, it makes them more challenging, but I'm like, 
I literally have to think to myself, like, I've done this before. I'm not giving up. I picture my core, like, getting stronger. And when I'm lifting now, I'm, like, so much more. Um, Put into your body. Yeah. Like, it's so different than when I started working out before, like. When you feel outside your body, when you're just trying to. Yeah. Like, just trying into to, submission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to work out because I just want to be smaller and I just want to fit into the, these clothes or I just want to do this. And I'm, like. Now it's like, I can feel, I'm really trying to focus on the mind muscle connection and like what doing this movement in my body is like doing for my body in like now, later. Yeah, it's actually quite, I don't know, (laughs) it's making me cry. That's awesome. I mean, like, that's one thing I've definitely noticed, um, that's part of, I don't know if it's part of like learning to love yourself or if it comes from loving yourself, but like just feeling back at home in your body yeah, and feeling like it's home and being in it and being comfortable staying in it instead of dissociating or being outside of it. Yeah. And not wanting to like, even wearing makeup, like I, before when I would like go see my family because we don't really see many people now that we live here <laughs> I'd be like oh I have to put on mascara and color on my eyebrows and like I literally have just even stopped like that was all the makeup I really wore yeah I mean this little bald spot right here sometimes I like fill in but like other than that I have just not even just cared. talking about her eyebrows if you're listening yeah <laughs> not on her head <laughs> yeah <laughs> little bald spot on my eyebrow um, I, never, yeah, I never like, thought there was anything wrong with your eyebrows. Yeah, I've never ever looked at you and been like, you need to feel <laughs> Never. I just. But it's like, really funny because I remember being a kid, like Charlie, the age she is and her eyebrows now are like. How old is she now? 13, right? Yeah. Remember, I remember was, mine were like that too. Oh, and mine were the exact same as a kid. And now I like look at. In I, the middle. Yeah. I look at her eyebrows though and I'm not thinking to myself like. Ooh, she needs to like wax those like I literally think how good they look I'm like yeah, they're nice like full frame so her nice eyes. so natural and so she got did get tweezers though for I got her tweet she wanted tweezers for her birthday you need them think, sometimes at that well, age like, nothing against think, a little hair removal yeah. <laughs> and I think she, so she tried to like pluck them but they don't look all that much different and I was like oh did you use your tweezers and She's like, yeah, just a little bit. I'm like, it hurts, doesn't it? She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts so much when you first start. Now I don't. Like, know. no, that's what I was saying. I was like thinking back. Makes I'm like, you oh, I remember. <laughs> now I can just do it. I'm like, I don't even think about it. Right? It doesn't even hurt one bit. It's funny. It's funny, but maybe should help her and like show her like how to, where to plot. Well, from. yeah, I well, did. She doesn't come too far in. Or well, like... I showed her my grade seven <laughs> picture because she's in grade seven, and in grade seven, I plucked my eyebrow like back to like literally here, <laughs> the middle of your eye. <laughs> yeah, because I just didn't want them attached, but I didn't like pluck anything underneath. So it was like lit, like actual, just like flat here, short. and then like hair. And I was showing <laughs> the kids all my school pictures the other day when we were unpacking stuff, and they were like, "What were oh you my doing, God, mom?" mom. <laughs> But you know what? Like, I'm sure your mom was like mine and like was just so dissociated. She never showed you anything. Oh, like, no. Like well, my, she would always, she would my always friend's say, mom, like, like, taught me how to shave my legs. I taught myself how to pluck my eyebrows. I taught myself how to wear makeup. Like, all she did was like, I remember one time I was plucking a chin hair and she was I like, I feel like 
oh, you already have chin hair? That's too bad. And it gave me like a weird complex. That's like the extent of yeah. her help. <laughs> I remember always thinking I had a mustache. Yeah, I, I still don't, do, but I, now I, I just don't I, care. I pluck, I just pluck by the corners of my mouth because they get long, but they're yeah. blonde. Yeah, like if I get a black, well, some of them I get like yeah. little black ones Once over here, so then I'll yeah. pluck them. But it sucks when I get because I've been getting like them and ingrown hairs here, and then when I try to like get them out, it's the worst. When I get my period, I get an ingrown hair on my stash, always right there. Yeah, me or too. That's what's like place. been happening down here whatever who cares yeah. you look great <laughs> I know, just don't care so um I was gonna like ask you a few questions about self-love that about your journey and like what do you think uh what do you think's like the most effective tool that you practice that helps you develop more self-love well I would say for sure like visualization like what I was just talking about like I mean back then when I first started like working on my body mainly and it was more just like caring about what I looked like aesthetic purpose yeah but even like just visualizing what I wanted to look like and then figuring out each day what I had to do in a small portion to get to that yeah yeah like maybe don't eat a little bit of this sugar today because or that kind of stuff or like or like fitness wise just like um yeah fitness I don't think it was as much with like nutrition then I feel like it was just such a like it almost like everything happened for a reason is how I feel because I've lost like significant amounts of weight like not just this time in my life like I have been doing this like in grade 11 I had a boyfriend break up with me because he told me I was too fat so and then like after having a dad literally call his wife fat every day of your life and you're standing there listening to it and him call you fat you're like oh my god I've literally become the worst thing I could possibly be so that point I stopped like what I did then and I remember I just started running and I would just run and then I would only eat sandwiches Jesus and I lost a bunch of weight doing that And then everybody seemed to like me. Like my dad was so happy about that. And then. And then, uh, so then you make this thing in your mind, whether you want to or not, that like, oh, in order to be accepted and loved and to love myself, I have to be this. Yeah. I have to like be self-punishing in this way to get the like um, validation from myself and others. Yeah. So then after that, I... Oh, yeah. So then I lost weight. And then after that, after grade 12, I didn't leave to go to university like I was supposed to. And my parents, like, hated me for that. Why? Oh, because they had, like, paid a bunch of money. Like, I was, like, had a dorm room, like, at the University of Alberta. And I, like, made my schedule. And I was supposed to leave in, like, a week. And I was like, I'm not going. How come you didn't go? Because I was too scared and I didn't even fucking know what I was doing. And I felt like I was just like, I was like, I was so afraid to go to, to university. Like I was like, par- it's almost like I was like paralyzed. Freeze. Like I just couldn't do it. Yeah. So mode. I stayed at home and then I gained back a whole bunch of weight because I was just like drinking every minute of the day. 
And then I ended up losing weight, like almost a hundred pounds. Actually, no. Did I then? I remember when you stayed home from university. That you stayed home to like. Oh, I stayed home from university. Acceptable. I stayed home and then I drank and lost or gained a bunch of weight. But then me and my friend, we both started gaining weight. You know, it's like right around that time after high school, Uh, and everybody's like. I don't I had know, a I, bad time at that time too. yeah like I could everybody totally I feel like yeah. struggles because I feel yeah. like you go from being in such a place of routine to like what the fuck and you have to learn how to like take care of yourself and and you weren't really told like or given any tools or, to do that in school yeah. in any way so or you're by talking, your parents like oh yeah yeah especially like your parents that were <laughs> so then we realized like we should start going to the gym so me and her start doing that and we lost weight doing that and just like basically eating nothing and then I got another boyfriend and it felt like once I would start dating somebody I would like um not let myself go but like I would just gain weight so I, I think was it's like, like a subconscious test to see if they would be like your dad I don't know I I wonder now but it's like to be like, would, am I still valuable if I look like this? Yeah. Or am I going to lose value if my if I can't and be a second cuisine? That boyfriend of mine, every day, even though, like, I look at pictures of myself and, like, Kaylin, I was so big. Like, my eyes were, like, swollen shut. Like, like my eyes look big now. Like, I never knew my eyes were, like, this big because my whole life I was so, like, inflamed. And, like, my eyes were just, like, constantly almost closed. And my whole face was just, like... Puffy? Yeah. And um, the entire time, he literally would, like, lay there on my bed and tell me how beautiful I was. And uh, I can't even explain to you. But then he ended up cheating on me, so... <laughs> yeah, but that's not about you. That's just validation for self. Yeah. So then after he cheated on me, I was, like, obviously it's because I'm, I'm fat again. Like, that's what my mind went to. So, and then when I went home from school after my first year, when I did finally go to university and I came home, my sister called her friend over to the house to see how fat I had gotten going to school. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she told me that, like, later on after I had lost weight. I was like, what a fucking shitty family I had. (laughs) Like... She wanted to do that to validate herself because she probably gained a bit of weight and was like, well, maybe Jen's fatter, so I'll feel better. She was still she was still in high school at the time. Oh, so yeah. Like, so then after that, I started swimming at the pool and I lost a bunch of weight. And I remember going back and every person, like, I remember going back to my hometown, like Cold Lake after um, I lost weight again and everybody was like oh my god you're so pretty now now like, that's yeah. horrible literally so I can't tell you how many and so many people even when I was fat they would say to me how pretty I would be if I wasn't fat constantly like I heard that my whole entire life like being a kid to adolescent to if you weren't fat you would be so pretty you have such a pretty face everybody would say that to me my aunts my grandma Ah, what a sick message to drill into someone's head. Fucked. So then, yeah, and then I started swimming and I got real fit again. And also, too, I think because my boyfriend broke up with me. Yeah, that was what I said. And then, um, 
oh and then I was fine until I got pregnant again then I start like and I was like a normal size and then I got pregnant and I like stopped exercising altogether and gained so much weight and then we moved to Fort St. John right when I was pregnant with my second kid and then I had a miscarriage at 17 weeks so I was like quite far along in my pregnancy like already in my second trimester and like after that happened I was like literally devastated and obviously wasn't like working out or doing anything yeah literally just eating my feelings and then um I had Elliot or I got pregnant with Elliot and I was like too afraid to even like move or do anything my whole pregnancy because I was like oh my god what if something happens to her so I like literally sat there like paralyzed in fear and then after she was born she got all sick and yeah you probably had a lot of trauma from that oh and I think she got sick too because of a lot of the stress that I was like feeling during my fear and stuff hey it's like I'm gonna lose this baby and then you like it's like almost like manifesting yeah Oh, that's really crazy. Because then she almost, like, died. Yeah. Holy shit. So then I was, like, obviously not, like, we had a lot going on until she was, like, basically, like, 18 months old was, like, when things... Stabilized a bit. Like, turned around a bit, I remember. Because then I joined the gym that, that November, and then I started exercising and working out. But I didn't really change my diet and not much changed. But I started to feel a lot better. I noticed that. And then I started wanting to make changes and read more information about what else I could do and like like how my nutrition could change. And that was when I like reached out to a trainer and got like a meal plan and really started to see how your food has to match like your training and like what your goals are like um so that really changed so much for me and that was when I noticed my body composition really start to change and I started to look more like fit and athletic and like my body fat was definitely decreasing but I was also using exercise looking back now as like a way to just like avoid a lot of shit yeah feelings and like how I felt about Elliot being sick and like yeah stuff that had also happened in that time that I just like didn't even acknowledge because I was in such a fight or flight response like you know shit my mom was doing yeah and um yeah so then that like I feel like all came to the surface when we started the process of moving and it just like triggered so much like everything just came crashing when you decided that you were going to eventually move kind of time and like all the way up till you moved like when we put our house for sale the first time that triggered like a real childhood memory for me of like having no control in my life and having to like move around a lot because your dad was in yeah like and then I was and then I was mad at Brett because I was like he's my dad he's making me move yeah and I don't want to and it's all his fault so I've been working through all of that and in that time like I've seen because I haven't been working out like a maniac like I was before my body's definitely softer and not as muscular as I was but your heart's probably just, softer too though but it is and it's just <laughs> yes. so different to like 
like not hate myself for like taking some time to just like relax and slow down and really work through feelings that were super shitty and come out on the other side and now really feel ready to like get back to a healthy place of moving my body and challenging myself and like loving running again and not just doing things because I hate myself yeah god (laughs) I mean I think it's really I think that's a really important part of the journey is like taking time out from all the work and just letting yourself like grieve and like get getting rid of the guilt and the shit yeah. you've been putting on yourself like I feel and like don't I, other people really I really did that when I was like pregnant I think because like I just remember like when in my first trimester I was like eating and like I always felt guilt around food my whole life oh, and, yeah. and when I realized that that's what was going on within me as I ate and then I felt like no, I'm going to have a kid. Like I'm pregnant. Like I don't want to feel these feelings in me because there's another soul in my body. Yeah. And then I just thought like, I can't do this anymore. I can't feel like this about food. I can't feel like this about myself. I need to reframe things. There's no matter what it takes, I got to change the way. So I took the time to like chill, enjoy movement, enjoy food again. And like, I fed myself healthier things but I didn't allow myself to feel guilty from the amount I ate yeah anymore so like because I just like you know I cut out oils and stuff so that I could eat as much as I wanted and I was like eating fuck loads of potatoes and stuff and just being like and learning to like fall back in love with food and not have like all these negative emotions around myself and food and I was that when you had your like um didn't you have like the true like a like a page for a while that was yeah. like yeah that was before that was when I was doing beach body and that um like I did start eating whole foods then but I still was like in these weird loops and traps in my like mind about like myself and food like I didn't quite I didn't heal those broken parts of me like I was trying to heal my body and I did I realized like it was a bit before I got pregnant but I realized that I there was something else there was another part of the equation that I wasn't working on and that was like my inner self right yeah 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 and then once I started reading all these books like I was gonna say that book you've got to read it it's called the invisible corset and it's just like how society makes women and just people in general like like feel so shitty and how it's just done purposefully like you gotta read that book it's seriously so good and like until you get out of like the that kind of program of like what you're talking about um you you don't really see it you can't see the trap from inside it like I literally never realized how like I think now about how often me and my sister even she used to talk all the time about how she wanted to get her boobs done like it was a constant conversation and now thinking back I'm like I can't 
like to me that's just not even a normal thing anymore like it really people isn't. people that think that that's normal I'm like it's, it's normalized not. but yeah. it, it is not normal to feel that kind of disdain for your body no matter what it looks like yeah and, and that- then I feel like that there's goes... an industry that profits from that so yeah and and look how much that and how much that's got like out of control so like now kids literally think that be being themselves is changing their entire body so they're like a completely different gender like yeah. I just like the like I'm all for people living. I've been thinking about this a lot because someone told me I was um, transphobic <laughs> and um, I've been thinking about it a lot. Like I, I want everyone to be themselves and as weird as that is, be that it's none of my business, how you live your life, but I can see the disdain for self so thick in that entire thing. Like to feel like you're, being yourself as being someone completely different that is like a sickness within you I'm sorry but like to hate yourself to the point where you need to cut your tits off yeah or or put bigger ones in or change your nose mutilate yourself yeah what I call it like all of it it's all one whole like Like, campaign on people loving themselves I talked to Brad about this because he had his ears pinned back when he was like a teenager. And I was like, it's funny for me to even think about that now because he's a person who literally, I would say, does not really care too much what people think about his appearance, especially. And I was like, doesn't it kind of annoy you now thinking about that, that you allowed somebody else's opinion of your body um, and somebody, and I get that he was just a teenager, so he yeah. didn't really understand, but dictate the fact that you went and got surgery to change something about yourself because somebody else, you know, uh, you made a comment about it or, or thought whatever yeah. about it. And I could tell he kind of like, had to think about it yeah which is kind of like yeah and probably having daughters now makes them think about it a bit different well I was like you your ears should never have mattered that much yeah that yeah so that was just like an example even for like a man and now you have kids and they have genetics from you and now you change your body so that parts of them don't oh and he even said like every like, kid that we had he like like when they came out he like looked at them to like check their ears and he was like so happy when their ears like and one of Blake's ears does kind of like stick out a bit but like I don't even fucking notice it yeah who would that's someone who was really insecure about their ears when they were young though yeah and like you gotta you gotta like kind of understand that he probably was you know what I mean? That was his thing he was really insecure about. And when you're young and like impressionable and you have a family that would encourage he, you to get them pinned. Well, he has well, you know? he has a really hard time also accepting like the whole transgender thing. Cause I said to him, like, I've been, we've talked about it. I'm like, yeah. it's not that I'm like the same thing as you. Like I'm not transphobic at all. Yeah. I just believe that like 
there is no need for any human being exactly to mutilate their body exactly like i get that our body is just like not that it doesn't matter like it's our soul skin suit or whatever you want to say like that but it's like you are here for a reason you look the way that you look for a reason everything about you is incredibly unique for a reason like the like whatever podcast I was listening to not that long ago and it was like the chances of every human being being the exact person that they are right now is like one in 430 billion or trillion I think trillion and it's like now you want to get here and you want to fucking mess with that you want to mess with that fucking lottery ticket right there that perfect like that is what we all are like yeah and everybody needs to accept everything about yourself like and if you have a feeling about yourself that makes you uncomfortable ask yourself why and like like figure it out and see what you can do about that that doesn't involve drastically mutilating yourself yeah like to make yourself feel better you don't need you don't even need to get eyelash extensions you don't need fake nails yeah you don't need needles in your face or lips you don't need lips really dye your hair to be quite honest with you like lips look silly like my gray hair i don't know if you can see it but it's literally like out of control like i (laughs) used to care so much i used to be like oh charlie come up here and tweeze these little hairs out but i just don't even fucking care now i'm like yeah my hair has gray in it like cool great like ooh, i'm still me i'm still amazing like i'm still a beautiful expression of life and it's like actually like this has been on my mind exactly what you're saying because i just finished the book journey of souls and just thinking about how meticulously perfect each life is planned before you come by you yeah to learn lessons from the life you're incarnating into the perfect lessons the perfect balance of people around you yeah all this everything in the universe orchestrated perfectly for you to come into existence in the place where you chose to be in the body you chose to be in with the people around you you chose to learn your lessons from you're supposed to do is be like why like what what's the what's the purpose of this what, what can, can i, I learn? do here? what am i yeah. meant to learn here what yeah. is the point of my what is the like that's what i think now like what was the point of me struggling through elliot being sick what was the point of me having that miscarriage what was the point of me having my dad sit there call my mom fat every day all of those things shaped the person that i am but when it's like now I'm able to like look at how that shaped me and some of it's really unhelpful and I get to choose now like what I continue on with and what I don't yeah I get to consciously create yeah my life yeah um I'm just gonna read this part of the Gita that I sent you yeah because I think it fits to this because he's talking about how it's so good um maybe I'll just start here let me just see yeah. And so he's talking about like, um, 
when you learn to go beyond time and space and like really be within yourself you and then he says in this state we realize we are not a physical create creation or creature maybe it says it's kind of cut off um but atman the self which is god within the self and thus not separate from god we see the world not as pieces, but as whole. We see that whole as a manifestation of God. Once identified with the self, we know that although the body will die, we will not die. Our awareness of this identity is not ruptured by the death of the physical body. Thus, we have realized the essential immortality, which is the birthright of every human being to such a person. The Gita says, death is no more traumatic than taking off an old coat. And then it says this. Life cannot offer any higher realization. The supreme goal of human existence is to be attained. The man or woman who realizes that realizes God has everything and lacks nothing. Having this, they desire nothing else and cannot be shaken by the heaviest burden of sorrow. Life cannot threaten such a person as it holds as it holds is the opportunity to love to serve and to give so saying like once you realize you are god you are a perfect manifestation of the divine there's nothing else that can like shake you yeah you're, what you you realize is you're perfect already you're what you have left is to give serve and to love and that is the point don't like, you feel like people notice that about you about what like, like when you are that way yeah like I people say weird things to me that I never used to understand like they'd say like you're magical and stuff and I'm like what are you talking about like I'm just but like a it... bunch of my friends from the golf course last year well they're not my friends but girls I knew from the golf course <laughs> yeah. um I knew how bitchy and two-faced they were and how bitchy they were like talking about one of the pregnant girls that worked there and I thought to myself I'm not gonna like I don't want to ever be the person to go to somebody and be like you know so and so is doing this and like cause a bunch of drama I just feel like everything's meant to happen yeah so nobody um, likes a middleman anyway <laughs> well so yeah so this summer the one girl two girls that I still talk to that work there um uh, they were saying how this other lady this old lady who's like a gigantic bitch and I never really liked her all that much she was a member there and she always talks about people behind their back and last year she was one of the ones talking about amanda who works there and i'm like um the, the pregnant one and mm -hmm. so i told maddie about these girls and what they were saying about amanda because we were just talking about something one day it happened to come up yeah and I was like, they're just not as nice as they seem to be. Like last year they were like complaining and like, I didn't go and say exactly what they said. I'm like, yeah. they just weren't being so nice about Amanda. And so Amanda went, was talking to Maddie. And so she's like piecing this all together. that These girls are fucking bitches. Yeah. And I'm like, and she's just, I can see it. Like I can see her realizing and like noticing because what they were like complaining about and I was there while they were saying it. And I like, they're complaining about her being bitch while she's pregnant. And I was like, have you like, ever fucking been pregnant? None like, of that's the thing. Up. None of them have. This lady's like the one lady. She's like 67. Leroy. And <laughs> I miss she's never had a kid. She's never been pregnant ever. And same with the other two that were there and they're both like one of them's on drugs the other one lives in their fucking parents basement and i'm like 
you're literally sitting here talking about this woman who was just simply trying her best. You've never been through like, like unreal. I even said to them, I was like, because I knew about her, she had really struggles with her relationship with her mom. And I'm like, when you're pregnant and you have a strained relationship with your mother, it brings up a lot. Like, oh, so much. And I was trying to explain that to them and they're all just, and I'm, and I'm like, they're just not the people I want to be around. So I like, definitely distance myself from them when they'd like ask me to do things and stuff I'd be like no I just can't and I and I just don't have time for that and now she's like realizing it all on her own and I didn't have to like do anything and she texts like she messaged me and she was like you're one of the realest person people I've ever met people say that to me too all the time (laughs) she's like I truly appreciate you and she's like I wish you would move back and I was like you don't need me girl just be that for others i was like motherhood and I, that's what i said to her. i was like motherhood brings out things in us that we never fucking knew we had like yeah. i often think it's i'm like so powerful it's such a powerful catalyst for oh, like growth i don't think i ever would have truly changed like like actually changed like subst- like not gone back to my old ways like i always had before had i not had a kid and realized like how like I often wonder if I had never had a child would I never realize like how fucked my childhood was right because I didn't really start to question it until I had a child of my own like so I I remember this time so I went to visit my mom when my my kid was like maybe three two and a half or three probably three and I found this old picture of me and my mom and dad and my brothers and I asked mom if I could have it and she said yeah and I brought it home and I was like I put it like somewhere where I'd see it like on the fridge not on the fridge but on like this covered thing yeah I know what you're talking and about and then yeah and then my when my <laughs> kid got to the age where I was in the picture which was like just but maybe six months after my mom gave me that picture I was staring at it and I was like man she looks exactly like me uh, and I was just looking at like the sparkle in my little eyes and it made me like I remember it was like a real realization moment where I was like looking in her eyes and like thinking about how I look at my kid and just thinking about how like what a beautiful expression of life and like how full of wonder and like what an awesome creative spirit was in that small child and how it just got like totally disregarded by the people that cared about me and like to think that I I could never I could never do that to my kid I could never not look at her like she was like the most amazing thing and like it broke my heart for that little girl in the picture because like she never had someone thinking she was as wonderful as she should have never had anybody look at you like you're so fucking important they would do anything for you never I get it and I just look at that girl in that picture and I'm just like man you were you were awesome like even if no one's seen it I see it you know yeah now I'm crying too (laughs) yeah that's truly what happened to me and how I like started to think like where was my mom like what was my mom's life like when she was the age I am like right now or like five years ago or whatever and I'm like think about it and I say this to the kids all the time like I don't have memories of like my mom laughing or like ever being happy like I can't think of a time 
where I remember her so happy and just smiling and laughing. Like, I honestly can't even think, think of her ever laughing, to be quite honest with you. And I, like, think about how we, like, sing in the truck together and I, like, make jokes with them. And they, like, Charlie even said to me the other day, she's like, you're just so funny, mom. Like... That's awesome. That means like you really show and embody joy to your kids. And that's something that we never had as kids. And our parents weren't joyful. They were stuck in their subconscious loops. And it just makes me feel so bad for them. It steals joy from your children. It steals the joy from them. And like you You were just so fucking miserable. Like I just feel bad that you've gone your whole life literally just like not laughing or smiling with your kids or like I just don't understand like what happened to you and why aren't you asking that to yourself right and like I'm not perfect sometimes I I embody the same things my mother did and it's it's it it, it's not who I want to be but it does come out sometimes but like the fact that we ha- have the ability to like reflect on that and do better or like apologize to our children and be like, I'm sorry. I don't know why I was being like that to you. You didn't deserve that. And I love you. And I'm going to try to do better. Like that's so, something that's words that never left my parents' mouths. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what happened, it would always be some, even if it was clearly her fault and she did something very hurtful to me, she would just make it explain away it was someone else's fault yeah and never even ever when i apologize to my kids and they're like it's okay mommy like they'll say that i'm like no it's not no. okay yeah it's not you do not deserve to be treated this way by me or anybody else do not yeah. ever accept that like yeah no i'm sorry and that's that but no, I remember getting in trouble for God knows what, being sent to my room and literally sitting there for hours, like wondering if anybody was going to come like talk to me. I was like probably too afraid to like leave my room. Like. Imagine. I wait like two minutes and then go have, a, I just wait till we are both calm. And then I go have yeah. like a real heartfelt talk from like a hopefully conscious place. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've never had an apology, even to this day. I've yeah, <laughs> still don't expect one. No, <laughs> I give it up on that. That's part of like uh, um, non-attachment. Learning non-attachment is like not being attached to the outcomes that you can't control from other people. Yeah, and just only what you can control, which is you, and trying to do better every day as yourself. Like yesterday, it was kind of sad because. Um, me and Blake were listening to Peaches, like this the song from the Mario movie. Did you guys end up seeing it? Yeah. So the song the Bowser sings. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> so we were listening to that in the car. She wanted to listen to it. So then my phone will keep playing like a uh, similar music, yeah. like after Infinity playlist. So it started playing the DK Donkey Kong song from the nintendo 64 like oh yeah version <laughs> yeah and it's like burned into my mind it's like dk donkey kong and then it's like goes on and as soon as i heard it i thought of my sister because like that was like our favorite game and we would spend hours playing donkey kong we got that nintendo 64 for christmas one year and i remember we just like so i just like wanted to send her the song but i was like 
I just can't even do that because I just don't even want to talk to her. Well, like she doesn't have the capacity to receive things from like a conscious level. So anything that you send her from like your conscious heart state, she doesn't have the capacity to hold it. So she's going to resent it because it's like she's trapped in her loop. She's just so mad that hate and anger and like can't even have empathy for a child. So it's like if you can't even have empathy for a child, you cannot have empathy for your child self. So you cannot like there's that is an unhealed person to me. Like you're so far from healing if you cannot have empathy for a child because you have to have empathy for your child self and sit with your child self and like just like you were saying, like looking at that picture and like how it made you feel like that's part of healing that's that's such a good point because like people adults that don't have empathy for other children they're avoiding feeling empathy for their child self and that's why they're doing it it's a subconscious like and uh, i can even see that projection. in my own, i can even see that in my own lived experience like my own self because i remember when charlie was a baby not even a baby, but like two, because we li- it was right when we first moved here. And I remember I went to the Ma- Matthews Park, and uh, there was like some kid there asking me to like push him on the swing or something. And I wasn't mean to him or anything, but I remember after thinking to myself, like, get your own fucking mom to push you. Like, why do I have, like, why am I taking care of this stupid kid? Like, I was, like, so annoyed that this kid asked me to push him on the swing. And, like, now, me thinking of that, if a kid came up and asked me to push him on the swing, I'd be like, okay, and, like, lift him up there and push him. Yeah. Like, I'd but, be like, like okay subconsciously, if you're, you're picturing him as you. Yeah, that's, like, your inner child. Isn't it and so you're crazy like, go find, go find your own person to take care of you i don't want to take care of you that's you talking to your inner child oh that's such a good right you just made jen yeah like if you cannot have empathy for children who are innocent and just they're literally framed by their environment so like you should really have empathy for them because if they're acting out or if they're uncomfortable to be around it's because their environment is uncomfortable to be in i was just talking about that with my mother-in-law because she was like we are our our environment and i was like yeah 100 percent yeah until we create a new environment for ourselves that harbors a more healthy relationship with self that doesn't involve people that can't have empathy for children like the fact that my mom can't even sit with the fact that she might have caused some harm to her child is shows me she's so far from healing. It's unbelievable. Like yeah. I can even sit here right now and say, I know there's going to be harm that I've caused to my children. Yeah. I, I know that I'm not me perfect. Too. I know I may have made mistakes, but the difference between her and I is that, and I've said this to my kids, I was like, I know I've made mistakes. I know I haven't always made the best choices. I'm a human. We all do that. I was like, but when you get older and you can see that the things that I did to you are affecting you or hurting you in your adult life, I will not deny your reality. I will say I had a part in that. I'm sorry. What can I do now to help help you? you, To help you. I'm okay yeah. with that. And I yeah, mean, I'm me not too. giving myself like a free pass to go out there and make mistakes and be fucking 
crazy and psychotic, but every day I'm trying my best. And sometimes my best just isn't really all that good. I think like that's a really good point about self-love is that it, it, you can't really love yourself without being accountable to yourself because you're just avoiding real, your reality. You're avoiding so much of your feelings. If you can't be accountable for the things you've done, the way you feel, your own healing, your own growth, like you like accountability is like very important in this whole equation oh yeah i'm just running to get a tissue yeah sure (laughs) i'm just gonna read this part of the gita um, that i marked it says no man is an island entire of itself every man is a piece of the continent a part of the main if a clod be washed away by the sea europe is the less as well as if a promontory were, it's the same. Like if a piece washes away, it's it's still it was still part of it. Um, as well as if a manner of thy friends or of thine own were, any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind, and therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee, and it's saying like every like the divine is part of all of us and we're all part of the divine and every piece of us that feels pain is pain for all of us and every small part of you that feels pain is part of all of you and same as like if a member of your family like one of your children's in pain it 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 affects everyone and it's everyone's responsibility to like love and be empathetic to that so funny because Blake was just like they went swimming at the outdoor pool and she got water in her ear so her ear's been like kind of bothering her so I'm pretty sure she has like swimmer's ear yeah and she's like kind of one of those kids that just like wants to go to school so like we'll pretend that she's fine autumn's like that too and so I was like sitting there talking to her and I could tell like I could just tell how she could feel that I loved her and cared about her because I was like I was like I don't like to see you when you're sick and when your ears hurting I'm like that makes me really sad and I was like you need to even if it's hurting and it's the middle of the night I'm like come up and tell me I'm like I want to come take care of you I want to help you feel better like that is my job and like even if you think that you don't want to wake me up, like come wake me up. I want you, I want to come make you feel better. And I tucked her in because the night before that was like her ear was hurting in the night. And she looked at me, she's like, I love you, mommy. Aw. <laughs> good night. And and like just the way she said it, I could just tell like me saying that to her. It. Like, yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, like when you were a kid, well, for me, when I was a kid, I learned to just like suffer in silence because oh, yeah. I was like, an, I felt like every feeling I had was a nuisance to someone else. Yeah. And I oh, never right. want my kid to feel like that. And you know what? It's so funny you said that because Autumn had the flu last week and she just kept saying when she was like so sick, like laying there, like so sick and just haggard, kept saying, I love you, mom. Thanks for taking care of me. Oh. And I would just like start crying and stuff because I was just like, I could tell like in her voice, she was so thankful and like oh. just so like um thankful to have me yeah. and to have someone that she could just like depend on in that way. Yeah. 
And that's not something I never really had. Uh, isn't it just crazy to think like these small things like this, like how much they affect you yeah. and how much you didn't realize like that's there, that there was like something missing like that until you have a chance to like give that to someone else that you love. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I didn't ever receive this. It's so, but it's pretty amazing to like never receive that kind of love and then find the, do the healing and find the capacity to. Sometimes it's fucking overwhelming though. Like for me, like I get like so over, like obviously, like I just cry all the time. Like I get so overwhelmed (laughs) and I just like will burst into tears. Like it's, even when I'm like feeling anything and my kids, and I re- that's another thing I remember about my mom. I never, sorry. It's I okay. Like, it's okay. I never, A little ever... sniffle is, isn't terrible. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I never, ever saw her cry either. Like, yeah, only one, I only see my mom cry like a couple times when she was like completely overwhelmed and she would like go into this weird childish state where she was like, well, I just, ah! and nobody, and I just never, and it was just like this erratic outburst of like childish emotion oh, or childhood like, emotion and it happened like twice in my whole life i feel like the first time i saw my mom like really cry was when her and my dad got divorced and i remember her laying in her bed and like wallowing in self-pity like she was literally just like i've never had never seen anything like it i was just like what is going on? And, so, and it makes you feel unsafe as a kid. Well, uh, and I, well, I was like an I was like twenty at that point. Yeah. But still, it was like quite uncomfortable. I was like, had to sit there and like try to comfort her when I literally never ever seen like, anyone have that yeah, kind of emotion. Seen anybody be comforted? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I was just kind of like, okay, and then what can I get you? Or like, and then you you hear, and, and then just the thing like. <laughs> screaming crying wallowing in self-pity saying how much she hates him she can't believe you would ever do this to her and then fucking remarrying the loser like these are the kind of messages i was getting my whole life like it's just like you don't have to grow when you could just go back (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's what it is growth is too painful change is yeah. like I just keep wondering like I keep thinking to myself like because we went my my grandma just had her they did like her celebration of life on the long weekend so mm-hmm. that would mean like they were all here in Edmonton I didn't go but we went to her grave like the day after yeah that's good and, and um all I was thinking to myself was like while I stood there like I didn't feel sad and I wasn't like crying or anything like that but I was just like my grandma and grandma are both there and I'm like what the fuck did you guys do to these kids like that's literally what I was thinking of what happened like what was going on in your house and then what happened to you guys yeah what happened to you that this is how you parented your kids like that's what I was really thinking about as I stood there at their gravesite, and I thought to myself it's not going to be me like yeah no one's gonna stand over my grave and have these thoughts yeah gonna stand over my grave with the capacity to love and to cherish the time we had together and oh they're just gonna think like she made a change in this fucking family like i think that's really powerful and i was thinking about that too because my, my mom's parents died like a few weeks apart um it was before we had autumn so 
it was a long time ago. It was like six, seven years ago. And she's like, still really can't let them go. And like the, the way that they had like such, like her mom was my, is my mom. Like the way that she got treated by her mom is how I got treated by my mom. Yeah. And, and they, and she didn't spend a lot of time with her mom. Didn't have like a good connection with her mom because of it. And to think about like how she still can't let her mom go. And then I watched my husband lose his dad last year, who was like the main person in his whole life, like his, his rock, his Island, like his dad was everything to him. And like to watch him just so gracefully say goodbye to his dad in such a beautiful way. And to let him go in like this really, strong beautiful way and to like deal with it in such like a good compassionate way for his dad and like to let his dad go because he knew his dad wanted to go and not be like trying to hold on to it yeah the way my mom does and just just letting things be how they are and just like the difference and like seeing how and then so that makes me think like my my mom is still wanting the childhood that she didn't get do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And then like her letting go would be saying that she'll never get that. So She's both- still that child. She's yeah. still that lost child inside. And it's like, that's why. That's why she can't let go because she can't face that she never got the childhood she wanted. Yeah. But instead she gave me the same childhood, which is crazy. Because she's unconscious. Like, she just doesn't know. Like, she's just literally repeating the same shit that she saw. It's just crazy to, like, to see it unfold, like, as you get older. Like, I never really thought so. Like, I remember being younger and thinking that, like, old people are just, like, not annoying, but it's, like, they're always like, oh, I've seen so much and this and that. And I'm like, now I'm like, yeah, I get that. Like, feels condescending you when so, you're young yeah. and you're like, quit telling me how to see the world or whatever. But yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I just put it like every year just puts more and more in perspective, like reflecting back on things and like thinking about things that were said that I never like never even gave a second thought before, like time sitting out on the deck with my grandma and her and my mom's sisters and them talking about how my grandpa was just like drunk all the time and like how they would like put the dresser in front of the door so the kids like couldn't get into their room and my grandma was saying because my grandpa just like wanted to have sex with her all the time and it's not even like I would tell you right now I don't think my grandma was like she used she was like fucking going to be a nun man like she oh. was she was a nun my grandpa like stole her from the nunnery so it makes me like wonder like how much of this life did my grandma even really want you know and then once you're like once you and like nuns are fucked too so like what the fuck was she doing to my aunts and uncles i think like also um people that not always, but I think people that choose to give their life like that, like a nun does, and to give up all the desires for themselves, 
are probably very traumatized. Yeah. To like well, de just... devote themselves to something that couldn't even, might not even be real. <laughs> Their entire life and everything yeah. because they want to put so much. They, I think it's because they want like they can't take responsibility for themselves so they put it on an external force yes. that they think is more powerful or more capable of ha holding but it even for like them. the nuns back then were like highly abusive yeah and i just think about like if that's what she was as a nun or like, that's how the nuns that trained her were to yeah. her too, or whatever, right? Or then at the Catholic what, school. Because, like, then I look at my aunt. Like, she was doing like acid and a bunch of other hard drugs, like while she was pregnant with my cousin. And everybody's like, "Oh, he's dyslexic," and there's like all this stuff wrong with him. And I'm like, well, "Why was my aunt doing acid while she was pregnant? Like, yeah. what in her life led her to that?" point like where was your mom what was she doing like what like I just have so many questions to, to be so dissociated that you don't value the life growing within you to to well like, that's even just like your... one of her sisters like they're all like that so then my other uncle has that one kid that's been in and out of jail and he was like found with a minor and like that makes me question shit like why is found he with, with a, minor? a minor what do you mean he's like 40 something and was like arrested and had a minor with him and like guns and drugs oh like a, a girl yeah oh my god and then like i remember talking one time to my aunt who lived in quebec and like her telling me when her kids were bad she used to her and her husband used to make them go to the corner of the room sit on their knees with their nose touching the corner and their hands behind their back for hours they had to stay like that and they weren't allowed to move and they were like young because like she told me this when they were like 16 oh my god so it's like things like that and i'm like this is the stuff that you're telling people like what is actually happening that you're not comfortable telling people yeah and like her her real their real dad was like fucking weird as fuck i'm pretty sure he's been in jail now too and it's just like her whole family and it's just like now knowing what i know about like generational trauma and cycles and it's just like uh, i just can't it's like i don't fucking know that's crazy it's actually crazy and um i i often think about that too like what happened to my mom and like i when i look at her childhood picture she looks really unhappy and and right? and like dissociated and sad and because your brain will protect you and like you might not even remember things that happened to you yeah and then your body just is dissociated, like, and then you just act out of these subconscious, like, patterns that you don't even know exist because you can't even tap into them. Because if you knew what they were, you might not even be able to handle it. That's how I see it. Yeah. So, like, there's this one picture of my mom when she was, like, seven. I'd say she was, like, seven. And she has all her hair cut off really short. And she's wearing, like, old old clothes that are like boys clothes and then I I remember when I was young I was asking her about it and she said oh it was just easier for my mom to cut all my hair off and like she has two sisters that never got their hair cut off 
And, uh, and I, and, you know, we were poor, so I had to wear hand-me-downs for my brothers when she had Is she the youngest sisters. one? Um, she's the youngest of the sisters, but that she has a younger brother. Um, sure. and then also her younger brother came along later and like stole the show and was like the baby of the family. But she also like, um, when she grew, when she turned like 11, 12 and got all her adult teeth, she had a really severe overbite and she, so when she was like 14 or something, they were, they broke her jaw in like four places and did jaw surgery and wired her jaw together for like four months. My God. And she, her mom was probably not like taking care of her. So she had one sister who was like the beautiful, perfect sister who was actually like really bad. And then she had one sister that was like overweight and like really, um, a really bad introvert and really emotional and everyone in the family would be like she's so emotional she's so dramatic and that's what my mom always said to me but and so it didn't allow space for my mom to have emotions or feelings you know what I mean because yeah like she would try not to be that so like does she have a relationship with her sisters and brother now her really like they have the most fucked up family but they like go they go around where they don't talk to people but like my auntie Kathy who was like the one that was like this beautiful perfect everyone thought she was like so gorgeous and she was like a cheerleader and stuff no one talks to her in the whole family oh my auntie Phyllis does That's... like she doesn't talk to them or they don't talk to her well my my mom and my uncle Omer started the shunning and it wasn't so... the first time they shunned her either but this time it's been like they haven't talked since my grandma died like seven years ago yeah not even once not even for a second well and um that was basically what it was like with me and my like I haven't spoken a word to my dad in like and the only reason I've spoken any words to my mom is because when she texted me my grandma died last year and that's been that me and Brett were trying to figure it out the other day but we think it's been since like 2017 since you talked to your dad and my mom yeah in real life I remember um, a really big catalyst for your healing was when you wrote your mom that letter or your mom wrote you that that email. Was no, I remember email? her one. She, she never responded to Oh, it. yeah. To this day, she has still not even acknowledged that. That where you wrote her like everything you felt and like how yeah. how much it hurt you and stuff yeah, and like that. And then she just texted me, your, gran- your grandma's on her deathbed. That's all remember? she said. Yeah, just to be like, if you even care about us. Yeah, that's what she said. If you even care, your grandma's on her deathbed. I was like, okay. I don't care about you. You're crazy. I was like, I really don't actually care, to be quite honest. Like, grandma wasn't much better than you. You guys are just really good at faking being nice to other people. Like, you're really just backstabbing fucking miserable bitches. And was was it, when you were growing up, did your friends and stuff and people outside of your home always say your mom's so nice yeah and they still like even now like people like all of my friends from high school they're like your parents are the best i want to be like well when you leave her house she fucking dogs on you to me oh yeah as soon as you guys aren't here she's gonna (laughs) talk about every single one of you like after our wedding she literally can't talk about anyone literally what all my mom did was talk about every single person that came to our wedding yeah every person our fam like even my family that's like all she ever does. I'm pretty sure I told you that story about how she called my nieces ugly, literally right to my face. And then two 
minutes later they walked into the room and I watched her say to my sister-in-law oh my god they're so cute I'm not kidding man you cannot that's make exactly this how my mom is that's exactly she, how she I'm pretty sure I've told you this before too it's like one of these things that stick out in my mind just like walking seeing this overweight lady like walking down the street and just like started ripping a new like t- like saying such mean shit about her and I was like this time this was like when I started to get to the point where I was like I'm done with her shit and I was like I was like oh maybe her maybe her husband of 20 years cheated on her and left her too (laughs) Ooh, burn (laughs) she didn't say anything after that I know I my mom like I remember one because she like literally would talk about anyone like her nieces her mostly everybody it's mostly women though for her because she hates herself and then so any yeah attraction right and so then um she was talking about my cousin who is like a little bit crazy but whatever we're all whatever yeah I love my cousin I love them all but she was like just going on about her and rant and and I was at her house like and Sean wasn't with me and it was before I had autumn and I was just like sitting there like listening to her and like I always had to and she just like talked such horrible shit about everyone and just like you you can feel her disdain for herself and the way she's talking it's so uncomfortable to be around and and then I just said like why do you think she bothers you so much that's all I said and she like her face fucking turned into that like scary <laughs> where she like just sat there and like stared off into how dare you yeah <laughs> then got that how dare you look on her yeah. face like and then she said how dare you make me look inside this is what she said you don't like me very much do you and I was like what and she's like <laughs> I can tell and I was like okay like I you're like you don't like yourself that's and she just went off and I just had I just shut out because like there's no point talking there's yeah, but, like, no she's self-reflection so like trying to encourage self-reflection but she's like to you, she saying to you, you she's like you don't like me very much yeah like, no that had mirror, nothing to do with it you are talking in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like everything you I don't want to be like everything you say about her is how you feel about yourself and the way you're feeling about me right now is that's a is your voice to the point inside, like well it got to the point with me where like my mom would talk about everybody so much that I was like you are definitely talking about me when I'm not here yeah. and then after I was telling you how um at one of the points in my journey where I like got, started I got a meal plan and a trainer like the trainer made me the meal plan so I was eating like more than I had ever eaten in my life like six meals a day mm-hmm and she went back and said to my sister, generally needs to get her eating under control and was like talking about me, saying that my house was like a mess. And like, I was like, I, most people are always like, your house is so clean, but I guess not good enough for her. And that was like the final fucking straw. I was like, that is it. I am fucking done with you. If you want to sit here and talk about me, the mother of your three fucking grandkids, granddaughters, that's like literally, literally trying to do the best I can. Like I've reached out to a trainer and got a meal plan to help myself. And even that isn't good enough for you. Like I'm done. I don't care. Showing her all the ways she isn't helping herself. Not it's to so mention, hard, the last but... time she came to my house when she was like that, she was like wearing a Depend like diaper because every time she like coughed or sneezed or like did anything, she'd like piss herself because her pelvic floor is like falling out. 
yeah so it's 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 so hard but once you heal and you realize that like no <laughs> nothing anyone says is personal it's no personal about them and that and it's also like, helps with self-love because then you realize like what do I give a fuck what these motherfuckers think of me they're literally <laughs> just seeing themselves and projecting it onto me yeah they don't no one knows me as well as I know myself. That's what I start to think about when I get self-conscious at the gym, when I am working out and like dripping in sweat and like my skin or body are showing. I'm like, these people are literally seeing me for like 30 seconds of their day, thinking yeah. whatever they want to think. They don't see me the rest of the day. They don't know what I'm doing. If they want to sit here and judge me at any point, if anybody it's, wants to it's really. It's a reflection of them. It's them. And I know that yeah. because I honestly. Was that was that I know because I would sit and look at people's bodies and think mean things about their bodies because that's what I thought about myself but now that I don't think that about myself anymore when I see other people working out I can truly appreciate somebody and see them working hard and think wow look at that person taking care of themselves doing something to change their life it's never about look at that hideous outfit they have on they look so fat and disgusting which I'm not even going to lie were thoughts that ran through my fucking mind 24 7 that's everybody your, I looked at voice. they're fat and disgusting oh my dad too both of them yeah yeah and and like to the only thing that makes me uncomfortable about other people is I can sense their disdain for self <laughs> their uncomfort with their self yeah like and, I can sense and it makes it me so uncomfortable like I, I can sense a... it from a photo on Instagram yeah I me mean, I feel so I feel <laughs> yeah. like I can too like even yeah. just talking and I mean I know my sister-in-law is like trying really hard and is probably doing more than anybody else in our family I'd say to like change yeah um but I can still see the struggle she has with like people pleasing and like it's just like really hard to to be around like you're an adult now you don't have to do everything thinking about what will my dad think about this and I even said that to Brett the other day because we were talking about it once we got back because that's like what she makes it feel like she's like oh until my dad feels uncomfortable about something I'm like well what do maybe you maybe ask yourself why you care so much about your or dad being ask him why are you uncomfortable with me being how I want to be? Yeah. What does it have to do with you? Yeah. But me and her have had some discussions about their the, the upbringing. Yeah. She thinks that she's, and I was saying to her, I'm like, it's nothing that you're, I'm like, I think your dad's great. Don't get me wrong. But we all have come from families that have things going on and I was like even me not even knowing anything about his childhood say I knew nothing about it knowing that he grew up in a family with 14 kids right there I can tell you he's been neglected in his life yeah. especially growing up in the time and era that like the time frame that he did he experienced emotional neglect probably uh like physical neglect like his mom didn't have enough time to go around giving that much love and attention to every kid exactly as they needed and that affects a child, whether you're trying to or not, that affects how they are. And, and, and just from that alone, I can see how his lack of um, being able to show affection right there, that partly explains yeah, that it no one me. showed him affection. Yeah. So, and, and, and it's not that nobody showed him affection because they couldn't, or they, it was just, there were so many kids 
that it was hard to give every kid exactly what they needed in that exact moment, which is fine. Like we can all sit, like if a mother can sit with that and say, yeah, I didn't. And I'm sorry. And that's yeah. okay. Like that, these are the things that we need to be able to do that people be accountable like, for. People can't even sit there and think like, like it's even hard for Brett to think how his parents actions have affected how he acts now as an adult. And I'm like, I'm not sitting here telling you to hate your parents and like disown them. Like just because I've chosen to not have a relationship with my family I'm not telling everybody to do that. But what I'm saying is your childhood and your family dynamic created patterns within your life that in adult life now might not be so helpful. And it's not like we're sitting here trying to blame anybody for that and say, you're bad because you did that. Like you are finding the source. So you're you're a human. All people are humans and all people make mistakes and not everybody's going to make the right choice every time. And we need to be okay with sitting with the repercussions of whatever that was and being okay with it and not allowing it to make us feel so uncomfortable that we can't even hold space for anything else. Like, you know? Yeah. And address the feelings. Yeah. And it's really that it's really quite simple when you get down to it, honestly, like, like everybody can do it it's just like a matter of wanting to actually be better and like wanting to just look at yourself and be like okay this isn't working for me and it hasn't been for a really long time what can I change now like what is it that I need to do differently so many people um just don't even have the capacity to understand that things can be better or to change for so, the better. like they just the think they day. are who they are and that's what they are and that's even the other day being over there at um jenna's it was quite early in the morning because we were there early for volleyball and her husband was there and her fiance and was saying how he always feels sick in the morning after he has coffee or not sick but like he always just they have to have coffee first thing in the morning and whatever and i was like I just said to them, I was like, yeah, every, like, I personally don't drink coffee first thing in the morning. That's just like, I choose to drink it in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, So I was just like, I was like, before I even do anything in the morning, I'm like, I wake up, I drink, like, I've lately been drinking like a full 32 ounce water bottle. I just put like your powerhouse <laughs> lemon water and I just chug it right in the morning before it was only like a cup, like a 20 yeah. ounce glass of water. But I do that every morning. I have water before I have anything else. Like, and I think that's just such a simple thing most people can do that really is helpful just because water is good for your body in all aspects. And when I said that to him, it was like a huge revelation. So I'm thinking to myself, it's like these things that I seem to like because I've been doing them now for so long like you know drinking a certain amount of water a day has been a goal of mine forever yeah and now it just comes second nature to me and I don't even like realize sometimes that some of the things that I do like like a lot of other people aren't doing on the reg you know like it's so funny because I want to just talk about that a little bit anyway I would want to lead into this so you just like made the perfect segue because well the, the water thing is symbolic of like a small change that um does that seems insignificant but when you're um practicing it daily and being accountable to yourself it makes a huge difference and I want to like talk about how you um 
take the time every morning to do a short meditation and journal about your feelings every day and just like what like that doesn't take a lot of time it's it's like a small tiny part of your day but it's like a it's like a promise you make to yourself every day that you keep and like and it's actually like making huge um progress in like your emotional well-being do you want to like just talk about that practice yeah um so I was actually just it's so funny that you brought that up because I (laughs) brought my journal down here and this is actually I'm on the very last page I'm using the last page to just like write notes on while we're talking of things that I wanted to like when you're talking that I want to say yeah um so I'm on my very last page and today was day 936 so I was thinking I'm almost close to three years now doing this every single day every day and it's not even like I'm writing like huge entries like most days it's just like five sentences of what like my journal or yeah future self journal so what I've been journaling about for the last few months is like abundance and money which is really funny because it's like I can see in my life how like exactly what I wrote happened yeah it's crazy so yeah so I've been journaling about abundance and but I was looking back at like the first page in this journal and I can probably read it. I might cry though. Let's hear it. I wrote it on the 21st of November of 2020. Oh yeah. And this is what I was, what I was working on during this time was I am a calm, responsive and loving mother. Today I will focus on shifting my pattern of yelling and losing my mind to taking a breath and responding appropriately. I feel like I wrote that exact thing in my future journal back in that time. Uh, And it's like, like, I know I'm not perfect and I know I'm not like, like not making mistakes with my kids, but like looking at that now and like thinking. That's something you don't even need to write anymore because you're practicing it now. Yeah. And so it's just. Are your future self you journaled about. Yeah. And it's just kind of crazy to think. So 900. And then I do like, um like a guided meditation I use headspace but I think after my subscription is over I'm just gonna start doing like I really want to start doing like meditations like after reading Bhagavad yeah I really want to like start focusing on like other things for meditation and see yeah. what will happen with that but it's like just more ex- the more consciousness expanding kind of stuff yeah and maybe yeah. like trying to work on like longer because for now I've just like I do it right before we leave to go to school like in the morning when I get up so I'm usually able to do like 10 5 to 10 minutes so um I would like to be able to like get up earlier and like actually start doing like a real like some people were saying how they meditate for like two hours and like crazy That's shit insane. happens to them. Like in that discord group that I'm in for um, the blood. So said so podcast. Shout out blood. So said so <laughs> yeah. like somebody was in there like, Oh, I just wrapped up like my two hour meditation. I was like, Good Lord. <laughs> Jesus, where do you find that time? I, well, that's like, what I was thinking. But then I was like, hey, I'm not going like, to judge them for having yeah, more time. Like, great. They... <laughs> Maybe they get up at four in the morning. Yeah. You know and that's what I, what I was like, thinking to myself. I'm like, I w- now that it's like lighter out in the mornings, I should start. I might start getting up early. But in my old house, I had such a nice little sun spot that I would go. and You have a good spot outside on that bench. 
this yeah but it's not so sunny over there all the time though Bring a not, like, my old sunspot was really hot and like yeah. perfect but I'll find a new one yeah but no I just read I also read another book called Atomic Habits mm-hmm. it's a really good book I recommend lots of people reading it and what it essentially taught me was like what I was trying to do before was like I would just set myself up for disaster really because I'd be like you need to do this 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 and like so many things and try to change so much all at once but where you're like frustrated with yourself or not yeah coming through not following through and then that's where I and then how the holistic psychologist would then talk about like then that ends up building like a sense of like you lack trust trust with yourself yeah in yourself so then you're like oh I may as well just give up on this anyways and like now that I've been doing this for so long and like Brett's one sister who's like told me a million times she's going to start meditating and sent me pictures of her journaling pens and journals that she gets, but still has yet to like really create this as a habit for herself. I can still see how she's like struggling. And then because she doesn't do what she says, she has this immense, I can sense it in her when I'm around her. Like she doesn't trust anything about herself. Everything in her life is constantly chaotic and out of control and I'm like that's because you're manifesting that and through your words first of all like what you're saying about your life all the time when you're saying things like oh I just can't do that or I don't have enough time or I'm that's impossible like everything you're saying like when you say words and thoughts have like the ultimate power yeah like I was on that one podcast and it was like you say and think it's not called spelling for, for no reason yeah yeah it's, it's a spell your words are spells what you say and I can even see it in my You're own speaking it to the universe like, I can even see it in my own life like I will be fit I will have bold. like I would say these things to myself I will have bolder shoulders I want jacked quads and like I would say these things to my body and as I was like doing the exercise that I'd be like thinking Feel that it in your like, body embody it and yeah. visualize it yeah. yeah and when you speak about yourself so poorly and like it's just I can just totally see how the way I speak about myself now and others when they're not there especially like I'm not even willing to entertain the idea of talking about people really at all anymore. It makes me uncomfortable and I'm okay with saying that now. Like yeah. when I'm with our family, I'm like, I don't want to talk about this or I'll just leave. I think Whereas there's before like I a... would thrive on that, yeah. I'd be like right in there. Like what's yeah. the gossip? What What's everybody talking about in Cold Lake? Like I need to know. And now I'm like, please stop talking about this. What What are you doing? What is if, it that you're doing you're that's making you ha- feel rep- happy? If you're using it to be like reflective and learn and grow, there's a difference in the energy than when you're using it to um, validate yourself. Yeah. and I, But I can also see too, like there's somebody that I'm following on social media and you know them as well. And they have this business that's doing quite well. Like, don't get me wrong, but sometimes they seem to be struggling to meet these like fitness goals and they're like making a million posts on Instagram thinking they need to like keep the entire world accountable for everything that they're doing and everything that they're eating and how many steps that they're getting and 
like oh, the step thing when I'm teaching fitness classes everyone's checking their watches the whole time oh everyone oh I was just about to make a post on that on Instagram about that the I'm other just like day. stop looking at your watches you're not even being in the room with me like be be here like we're having fun like what is happening what does your watch and have to do and it's gonna tell you after you don't have to check it now like when you have these goals set for yourself that are just so unrealistic and then you can't reach them, you don't really make much progress because you end up falling back into this rut thinking mm -hmm. like you can't do anything. And I mean, I don't think Amanda Domash is going to listen to your podcast, but like she's constantly like that. She will share lists and lists of all these goals. And like, as I'm reading the stuff she's sharing I'm like feeling overwhelmed just reading the list of things that she's yeah. written out that she has to do every day yeah like, I will hike one day a week I will read this many pages every single day and that's very she, rigid and then it is and then when she doesn't end up doing it it's like she completely like self-sabotages that's what and it I've is even, it's I've even recommended her to read that book it's subconscious self-sabotage. You set yourself up for unattainable things so that you can beat yourself up later about it. Yeah. And it's subconscious, but it's a loop that you're stuck in then. But it's like every, in a world where everybody wants everything right now from my own experience. And what I can say is like, it's just like a little bit every day, like every day telling yourself what it is that you want and like what it is that you want to get out of life where most people like, literally don't even give that a second thought not every day but like ever like they just go through the motions each day of getting up going to work coming home complaining about going to work and not doing it and, yeah or yeah. like you know doing things for their kids and complaining about like my sister-in-law the other day like oh I hate that I have to go to work on Monday it's like I understand that and I can really relate to that because like I also had jobs that I hated before too but like if you hate your job that much, and I said this to her, maybe I sent her a message back. I was like, maybe find a job that you like more. Like, yeah. like you uh, have choices. Like, you don't just have yeah. to stay in some job because you think that's what you're supposed to. Like, if you're yeah. literally not happy, like, you are an adult there, now. Like, you can make a change. And there's labor shortages everywhere. You can find any kind of job you want, literally. Like I've been you watching want. like right. that leave it to Brian because on the global app you can get HGTV and like there's a bunch of shows on there so me and Charlie have been watching yeah. like leave it to Brian and or Brian Island to Brian and he like builds and I was like thinking to myself I'm like I don't know why I was so resistant to trades like when I was younger but like I honestly think now I'm like I should have went into carpentry like I find it so fascinating and like I'm really all about like for me, like do it now. Like doing something just like like you know to make the cuts just perfect to like yeah. make it oh, just like that's how Sean is like yeah really calculated, make it very accurate, perfect. And he's like so satisfied yeah. when it's like math is like and then you look back create something. Like those guys it's working on site C. Like they can look back and like I fucking built that, built that, that bridge. Yeah. 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 That I bridge think, that Sean was cementing there that one time. That's what I was yeah. thinking to myself. I'm like, they fucking built that. Like a huge bridge. Yeah. Know, like planned every part of it. Like And then ah. when you think about it, it's like that bridge didn't happen overnight. Every single day they were going there. Put in a little effort every putting day. Putting in a little effort to build that huge and you look at it, it's fucking huge. 
You know what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good metaphor for self-love because when people think about it, it's like building a giant bridge. Like, how am I going to do that? I don't know how to do that. It's such a huge thing to build. It's so like foreign to me to have self-love. Like that's so far yeah. from the way I feel, but it's not I'm that. so uncomfortable. It's, yeah. it's making a small, like taking a small piece every day and being like, I'm going to dedicate this to my journal for five minutes every yeah. day or like taking the small practice to, to build something big eventually and something beautiful but it doesn't start with just like okay I'm gonna start loving myself or okay yeah. I'm gonna stop shit talking myself it's like the moments that you shit talk yourself bringing conscious awareness to it and correcting it and maybe yeah. it doesn't happen every time you do it but the more you correct it it will and like just for, the small practice of like building trust and loving yourself yeah for me one of the things too is like one of the I went to see a therapist like right after all that stuff happened with my family and I was just like was feeling so overwhelmed and one of the things she said to me in our first session was she was like what what are your core values and when she said that to me I was just like I don't even really know to be quite honest so her asking me that question was such a huge catalyst like now looking back it opened up my mind to like like I'm an adult now and I get to choose what I and who I value. want to be. What is what is valuable to me at my core? What like I had never really thought about it. So I literally went to my computer. I'm not kidding. And I Googled core values. And I looked at them and I thought, what do I what do I want? Like what kind of a person do I want to be? And I still have it written upstairs. It's written That's in my so old cool. it's in my old journal. First journal. Yeah. And it was like, I want to read more books. I'm going to do Emperor's Challenge this year. I'm going to move my body because I love doing it instead of punishing yourself. Yeah, punishing myself. Um, all of these things. And like, I was looking at it the other day and I was like, because I've been beating myself up about not reading enough. Like I was saying to Brett, I was like, you read so much. <laughs> I was like, what do you think about me? I do. Would you think that I'm like a person that reads a lot? And he's like, yeah, like, like so much. And I, and I was like, because I don't think that about myself. Like I, so I thought that was weird. So then I thought you always like inspired me to like, <laughs> well, then, so then you, you like say very that. Very inspiring to me. And to then be like, like, I should be reading more. Jen can fit it in. She has three fucking kids. Like, like what am I? I'm like, have I read that much? So then I went back and like looked at all the books that I've read, like since I wrote this goal. And I'm like, okay, like, why am I, why am I like this? Like, even though I've worked so hard, I still have this like little voice of self-doubt from time I to time. I think like when you grow up with people that refuse to see your accomplishments, it makes it hard. It makes you kind of hard to it, see them. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like you haven't developed the capacity. Cause I'm just, I just feel like, like I like said before, I just feel like I'm doing, I feel like I'm doing every, like, I'm just like, Oh, everybody's doing this. That's no, like, have I not at all. Think of it. And I'm no, like, Oh, everybody's no. just like <laughs> running emperor's challenge. And everybody's no. like meditating reading. every morning and journaling yeah. every day and reading a book. And every that's what weeks. I think. And then no. I, and no, that's the most thing. And I'm like, not. it's not. And then I have to remember that because those things have all helped me to like change essentially like who I am. Like I never could have sat here and had like a conversation like this and just been so open and like, don't get me wrong, like I'm still working on being more open and loving, but it's just unbelievable the difference to me, like from the person who sat in West Edmonton Mall when she was like 21 years old saying 
the meanest, most hurtful things about perfectly normal strangers just walking past on a bench. And like, I can feel it in my body, like how miserable I felt until I just never want to make people feel that way. And like, I just don't want to feel that way anymore. Like, I don't ever want to waste one second being around somebody making them leave my presence and think I made them feel shittier than when they first came. Like, that's honestly like all I care about now and it's and taken such a long time to get to this point and sometimes it's hard for me to even believe that that's the kind of person that I am now because for so long I was a fucking huge bitch yeah but also like that that was a reflection of how your internal world was so like the way that you the hurtful things you said and thought about other people was a direct reflection of how the self-deprecation that you did to yourself and like how you felt about yourself inside and how you're beating yourself up constantly within yourself yeah and so like have compassion for self too for all the hurt yeah. you caused and self like yeah I do I have it's been a lot of self-compassion and like just like knowing that I just don't have to be like that anymore too is so empowering so freeing hey it's like every day just and I say this to so many people now like every day you have a choice yeah every moment you can just choose like I don't want to do something I did yesterday like this isn't serving me anymore you just it's a simple choice but that leads me to like school it doesn't set us up for anything like that like it's honestly makes you go into an environment where every day you're with a bunch of fucking people it's like prison who are yeah are just shit and you have you have to go there no matter what you don't have a choice and i hate that for kids well we could set our kids up to be more resilient for it like we didn't have that when we were kids but we should probably wrap this up but before we go i can you tell us like your top five books for like um self-love self-healing I know you probably don't have a list, but like maybe off the top of your head or top three, whatever you can think of. Like what were your best books that you read that helped you the most? Um, You said that like the Invisible that, Corset. Yeah, the Invisible Corset's really good, but that Eckhart Tolle, is it a new, I listened to it on or something, is it? Or no. I'm going to find it. It's on my Audible. Um, But that book changed so much for me there was two books i listened to on audible i have so much resistance to him because i've seen him on oprah and i fucking hate oprah but maybe Um, i should give it a shot and read some of his books okay so the the power of now or something the fifth agreement oh first of all i haven't read that for the the fourth agreement the four agreements that's such a powerful book that book the fifth agreement is also very very good yeah um finished I'm going to write these down as, as you say them. Um, the Four Agreements, The Power of Now. Yeah, Power of Now. Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself Ooh. by Joe Dispenza. I have another book upstairs that I haven't read by him yet, but this book changed so much. Yeah. Because it was these books that I started to listen to on Audible before I started reading a lot of books. That Oh, yeah. And then The Untethered Soul was also another one that really Michael A. Singer. I feel like you recommended that, but I haven't read it yet. So good. All of those books. And then if you do have like a struggling relationship um, with 
immature parents this book right here um it's like emotionally unavailable let me find it why isn't it on here anymore Like children of emotionally unavailable parents or something. I feel like you told me about this one too. And it's by Kathy something. I don't know why it's not in my thing anymore, but it was a really good one. Um, I think it's really important to like uh, go into childhood. Like, yeah, it's not like you're blaming other people for your problems. It's a way to take responsibility for what you oh, feel because you find the source of it. The the five love languages. Oh, I love that. And it's then the power of attachment. Oh, the power I, of attachment. I haven't read that. That one's real eye-opening. Power of attachment. Because it talks about like um, unhealthy and healthy attachment. It talks about like it will tell you what kind of an attachment style you developed from your childhood. And oh, then yeah. it explains how that attachment style is there then taken forward in your adult life with every single relationship that you ever will have. And how whether you it's romantic, it in every yeah. way. Whether um. it's romantic, whether it's just a friendship and when I read that book and reflected on all of my relationships, I could totally yeah. It was eye so eye opening. So those books. I'm trying to think of what other ones I have in my room. Oh, the, that one, the one I gave you, the biology of belief. That one's pretty good too. That was. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna give it another go now that I have a better yeah. attention span. <laughs> that one's good. And then now it's like now that I've been reading, read all of those, and I got into more like spirituality things, like that Kabbalion book that you sent me. Yeah. And then, like, The Journey of Souls. I definitely recommend that. That's really... I just finished it. It's so fucking good. And now I'm just starting the Bhagavad Gita. And that's what you just finished, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like that one? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm going to have to read it again. Because it's, like... It's, Pretty dense information. Yeah. Lots of symbolism, I think, right? And I was reading about it. And I guess lots of people just do read it quite often to just get accustomed with, like, the like the material because it is like a lot yeah to take in at once so I think I like I definitely would like to read it I think I'm probably gonna read it like every six months is what I was hoping Aww. to do because it's not very long either no it's not um but right now I'm reading that book about the guy that I found in Brett's grandpa's desk and it's oh yeah really cool to read because he travels from Oregon to anchorage alaska on the alaska highway oh interesting and so he's like talking about like what and this is like right after world war ii so 1947 and it's like he's talking about like what the highway looked like like what it was like he was 19 driving like it's when he talks about it it's just like he was literally driving on a dirt road and the rocks on the road were so pointy and sharp you'd get like flat tires and because you have nowhere, like, he would have to patch them himself, like, on the side of the road. Like, pump it up with, like, a fucking... <laughs> and it's, like, the middle of November. Like, he left in November, so it's, like, winter. And it's, like, on crazy. the roads, are, like, oh, it's crazy. It's kind of... But I think crazy. it gets kind of weird towards the end, but whatever else. Um, 
Sean has this book that his friend gave him called The Golden Spruce. And it's about this real, this like magical fucking tree that was a real tree that was like this glowing golden spruce that was supposed to be like this, um, I don't know, divine, divine, I don't know. The story's really crazy and this guy goes crazy and cuts it down. And he was the guy that was like trying to protect it. What's it oh, called? Golden Spruce? I think it's called The Golden Spruce. I'll add it to this what? list. There's this when I was talking <laughs> to um sorry. Um Kevin, my friend, the heart warrior, he does like men's health groups and stuff. Like he's actually doing amazing work for men, like helping them with all of this kind of stuff. Like I love that. Helping them feel their feelings. Yeah, feel their feelings, like authenticity, connection, like like learning to talk and ask for things and all this stuff so he recommended this book and I got it for Brett and I want to read it too it's called Iron John it's by Robert Bly I'm gonna write it down and I have it like Brett I got it for Brett for Christmas and I think if he doesn't read it soon like I'm just gonna read it myself Sean always is looking for books to read yeah he said that's a really good book for men and like and I was like oh I'm gonna read it too so yeah I just feel like when you stop and also too for me it's like I think about how much time I used to spend even just watching TV. Like I used mm-hmm. to have my PVR and it would be full of shows. Like I would watch Ellen every day. Ugh. I would PVR it and watch it every single day. I'm not kidding for 10 years. Imagine what she, a different person you are now that you can, you probably couldn't even watch five minutes of that fucking I show. would <laughs> I would have everything PVR like SVU, all Dancing with the Stars, all the reality shows. Distraction, 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 distraction. Brett would go to bed. I would stay up all night watching TV. I would go up to bed by myself. Now, we don't even have cable. I don't have any way to record TV. If we want to watch anything on TV, we have to like go through the apps on there and we can't mm-hmm. even watch it like while it's on here. And don't get me wrong, like we have Netflix and all that stuff, but the amount of time we spend watching TV compared to when we had cable is exponentially less and also a choice that me and him both made was that we both go to bed together now like I don't I don't sit down here anymore on the couch watching tv until three two in the morning like we both go upstairs we both get in bed we will maybe watch a show up there together like in bed or or read or talk or sometimes I won't lie sit there on our phones like sharing showing each other reels like but it's even just that small of a thing like I can't explain to you how much more connected that made me feel just to him and like we we still have a lot of work to do in our relationship obviously but like that alone just going to bed at the same time is definitely something I say is helpful for people yeah small if you can if you can like I know people have like me and him couldn't do that for a really long time and that was also why I would stay up watching tv so late because he was never ever home yeah I mean Sean passes out in like three seconds but I a lot of times go and lay with him and then get up after he passes yeah Yeah, because like I do want to have that time together even if it's short but um I do I do like having my time alone at night but it's nice to like go lay down together and finish the day together even if I do get up after and um clean the house and do all my like creative stuff or whatever meditate or yoga or whatever I do yeah and like that's also too like for me what works this is what works but like other people can like 
doesn't have to be that exact template for everyone you don't have to get up every morning and meditate and journal you can do that like maybe it's better for you to just do that before you go to bed and that's when it helps your mind like shut off and whatever like like I always tell people don't do what I'm doing like as so many people have asked me especially because I've lost so much weight like what are you doing what are you doing I'm like you can't ask other people what they're doing you need to do something and figure out what works for you like it's just like the matter of doing it like just do it like and find a small thing that is a practice for your health or find a small thing that's a practice for your relationship or find a small practice for your mind or heart google core values and then yeah because you you actually because i like i literally was just like i don't even know yeah and i was like i want to i want to show my children like one of my core things i wrote in there was like showing my kids how important it is to just take care of yourself and like be yourself and love yourself and you know move your body and like not ever care what people are thinking about you and like so you have to embody that then yeah so that's what I have to do because that's what I want them to do yeah yeah that's a good place to wrap it up I think yeah we could go on forever this is a a really good one really like perfect um and so yeah thanks for being on the show today and yeah thanks for having me you're the best and I can notice the most massive shifts all the time in you and just keep at it I'm working I'm working on it (laughs) yeah and if any if anyone wants to connect with Jen and talk to her about this kind of stuff she's totally open to chat and go find her I'll put her um instagram page in the show notes yeah please okay okay bye, bye. Oh,